I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone. We have a great conversation with Coach Todd Whittem for you this week, all about what our role as the parent is in this whole junior tennis journey. Todd talks to us about how we should be involved at the earliest stages of our child's development through the middle school years and finally into those late teen years as our children are preparing for college and maybe even a life on the professional circuit. So I'm really excited to have Todd back on the show. It's been a a bit since we've chatted with him. And so much has gone on (laughs) over the last few weeks and months uh, between my hosting the Saul Schwartz tournaments to covering the BB&T Atlanta Open, and then finally the U.S. Open. And now college tennis is underway with all the fall tournaments and the rankings coming out. So we've got Lots of exciting stuff ahead on Parenting Aces. I hope you've been keeping up with all the content on the site. And I am working to develop some video content as well. And if you are interested in seeing some specific topics addressed, maybe via video, please shoot me an email, text me, message me, tweet at me, however you like to reach out and let me know your thoughts because my goal is to provide you, the parents and the coaches who are tuning in with the best information I can, the most useful information I can. And I don't know what you need if you don't let me know what you need. So I look forward to hearing from all of you. In the meantime, I want you to enjoy this week's episode with Coach Todd Whittem about the role of the tennis parent. Todd Whittem, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Hi, Lisa. Thanks very much for having me once again. It's been a while. We haven't uh, done one of these in a couple months, I think. Yeah, well, it was it was a busy summer and uh, it was a good summer, but uh, you know, now that we head off into uh, into the fall, you know, it's... Uh, you know, back at it again, but I'm happy that we can get the time to, to speak about some important topics today. Absolutely. I've missed you. Yeah, I missed you. <laughs> All right. So today, Even though I never see your face. I, I know. You. I know. We're, we're going to remedy that. We're going to figure out a way to do these uh, via video some. So um, stay tuned for that. Okay. So this week's topic is the role of the tennis parent. And as a junior coach, you've certainly seen the whole range of tennis parents. And you grew up playing tennis yourself. And your mom has been a guest on this podcast by your side. And so we've heard from her about the type of tennis parent she was and and you added your two cents in that conversation as well. So I thought it would be fun this week to have you first start by giving us just a generic overview of how you as a coach see the ideal tennis parent behaving. Uh, Are you going to get me in trouble on this one, Lisa? Probably, but it's okay. (laughs) No big deal. Not a problem. How I see the tennis parent behaving well obviously obviously i i was 
a junior player and went on to college tennis. And then I played six years on, on the ATB tour. Um, I think the parent needs to take a role in being very supportive in, in the, in the process of development for, for their child. And I've seen, obviously I, I grew up with great parents of, of, of buddies of mine and maybe not so great parents, great. Some, some parents are, are fantastic. Some, some parents aren't great tennis parents and they're learning as they go. So as I've said in, in many podcasts, every case is different. Um, but I believe that the parents need to help support their child and know that if, if the child is very serious and they have a passion for the great game of tennis, it's going to be an up and down process. Um, you're going to have great times, great times. Maybe the results are going to be fantastic. Everybody's happy. Then there's going to be some times where it's, it's not so great. It all depends on many different factors. Um, but in terms of the parents and their role, I think they need to make sure that their child is learning. They need to make sure that their child is having fun. Um, and they need to be very supportive in, in this tough process and try to, try to make sure that they're not not putting too much stress and pressure on their child. If their child has a, has, has passion for tennis and really wants to learn and, and develop and try to be the best player that they can, the child themselves many times will be putting stress and pressure on themselves where then the coach comes into play and tries to teach them how to handle those different stresses and pressures. Gotcha. So, I mean, the role of the parent definitely has to change and grow as the player changes and grows and goes through the process. And what I thought would be really helpful was would be to talk about actual specifics at each stage of the developmental process. So I'd love to start with a beginner beginner, let's say a child six years of age, seven, eight, I mean, whatever age they, they decide to jump into the sport, they, they're coming just for lessons. They're not sure about this tennis thing, if this is for them, if they're going to be any good at it. What is the role of the parent for that child at that beginning stage of the process? I, th- I think it's, it's very, it's very simple and very black and white that the role for the parent at that, at that stage is to make sure that the child is having fun. They're having fun. They're maybe learning some things from, from their coach. They need to make sure that their coach is a very good role model for, for their child or, or children. Um, but that, that's, to me, that's how it starts out. For, for example, when I started tennis at six years old, the coach that I started with at the, at the local country club was an unbelievable, energetic coach, uh, you know, more on the recreational side of tennis, but it was so much fun to go out there each day. I can't remember if I was doing it a couple times a week with the groups and the lessons, but every time I went out there, I was super excited to go out there and, and, and hit the ball around and and maybe learn something and get to run around with with other kids. But in in terms of, in terms of of the parents, that, that, that should be the number one goal starting out fun and and it, it should be fun throughout the whole process, however good your, your child becomes at tennis. But they need to be supportive and, and make sure that their, their child is having a great time. And so when the child comes home from tennis at that early stage, let's say they've gone to a half-hour clinic or a, a one-hour clinic, depending on their age, what how should the parent interact? Should the parent be asking questions? Should the parent be 
offering to go out and feed balls to the child in between lessons? Uh, Should the parent be trying to set up tennis outings for the child? Should the parent be taking the child to matches, you know, to watch tennis, tennis channel at home? I mean, all these things, what's important there and what really, you know, should be left alone? Well, I, th- I think I think it, you have to you have to feel it out. Um, each each child is different. Um, for example, I have, I have a four and a half year old of my own right now, and I'll be watching a tennis match on the tennis channel, and he'll come over and say he wants to watch hockey. So I change the channel, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you're a nice you know, dad, <laughs> and, and, and he's played he's played so many sports already. So one day he wants to watch tennis with me. One day it's golf. One day it's hockey. One you know one day it's basketball. One day football. So I think the parent, the parent has to, has to feel that out, um, and, and not push it. You, you, you want it to come from the child. Now, if they're asking, you know, you know, dad, mom, will, will you hit some tennis balls with me? Of course. I, I don't see any problem with that. I mean, you, you, you're in the beginning stages of maybe your child having a, a very nice interest in tennis. Um, but I don't think there should be any forcing. It shouldn't be Todd gave my, my, my child, a tennis lesson, and now we're going to go have uh, a couple hundred repetitions on the forehand that Todd taught me, or the backhand, or and we're gonna and we're gonna just drill it into my child's brain. And, and no, that's it's it's not it's not the time for that. The child is is most likely not ready for that. They're still developing a, a passion for the game and and everything. And and so I think I think just you know they 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 need to see and feel how much passion their child has for, for tennis. So what about this whole idea of you have to expose them from birth? I mean, you've got two kids, one of whom is pretty brand new. Is there a tennis ball uh, mobile hanging in the crib? Um, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the way that I see it is I'm going to expose them to every sport that I can. And then we can make an educated decision on what they would like to play. Um, I have, for, for me, it, it, it makes, from, from a parental perspective, it, it makes no difference to me what sport my, my children would love to play if they want to play sports. I want them to do something that they have a passion in. So whether it's tennis or baseball or basketball or football or music or what, whatever the case shall be, I want them to enjoy whatever whatever that they would like to do. Now, um, in, in in terms of pushing them into something or or hoping that they have a passion, there, one day if you're if you're kind of pushing your child into into hoping that you know they enjoy tennis and everything, it, it's not going to happen. One day when they have the freedom, they're not going to want to play it anymore, and that and that's unfortunate, and and, and that happens quite a bit. Maybe. For example, maybe I didn't achieve my goals as, as a tennis player in, 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 in my life. And so now, hopefully, I'm not living through my children. Of, mm-hmm. I want my child to be better than, than I was. And, and, and maybe they don't have that drive that, that I had to, to become the best player that I could. And so now you're, you're setting yourself up for, for a little bit of danger down, down the road. And not, not only danger down the road that they may not want to play tennis at a certain age, it may affect your relationship with your child. And I've seen that, and that that that's very very unfortunate. Okay, so to recap, for the child that's just beginning in the sport, just being exposed, 
The key is to make sure as the parent that your child is having a great time on the tennis court and to follow their lead in terms of whether you're watching tennis on TV or you're feeding them balls or you're going outside and hitting against the garage door, whatever it is, let the child ask for it. Don't force it on them as the parent. Did I restate that properly? Yeah, yeah. In fact, what what you brought up were, were a lot of were a lot of a lot of the things that I was doing at a young age. So I, I took I took my lesson at, at six or seven years old, or I did my I had my group, and then I was hitting on the garage. And my father got super mad at me when I hit one of the light bulbs and, and cracked it. So that wasn't good. So that kind of ended quickly as I was hitting on the garage. But I wanted <laughs> to be out there hitting tennis balls all the time. There was no doubt that Todd loved tennis and he wanted to play tennis. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But just because your child doesn't do that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't develop that love and interest as they get older, right? It's what they're doing at age six, seven, eight isn't necessarily an indicator of what they're going to be doing at 16, 17, 18. Oh, co- correct. Correct. And I think, I mean, I, I'm saying this because I think it's a really important thing for parents to hear. A lot of parents, you know, spend time on YouTube or whatever, reading articles and, you know, hearing and learning about these current pro players and what they were doing at a young age. And then the parent thinks, well, if my child's not doing that, they're never going to reach this level. And that's not necessarily true. No, it's it, it's not, and and everyone develops at a different rate. They develop at different ages. Um, every every case is different. Like many of you have heard me say many times, um, your your child may dabble dabble along with tennis for for a couple of years until they say, "Hey, I really want this to be my main sport." They may be playing multiple sports, which is fantastic. That's a great thing. And then they may choose as they get older where, you know, what, what they would like to put all their, all their efforts into. Um, so it just, it just depends, but you, I don't, I don't think you want to be forcing anything upon the child that they are uncomfortable doing, especially on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And especially at that young age. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. And I, I've just kind of randomly chosen these age ranges. But so now let's say your child is 11, 12 years old. They have started to really show not only a proficiency in tennis, but a real passion for it. They're asking for more lessons. Maybe they've started playing a a few tournaments here and there. And, you know, they're, they're becoming quite skilled at the sport. They've developed their strokes pretty nicely. They're starting to implement some tactics and strategy in their matches. Now, what is the parent's role? Now, all of a sudden, okay, let me just back up a second. All of a sudden, with the tournament play comes some significant added cost, right? Um, so we're now paying tournament fees. Maybe, maybe the family's having to travel a little bit. Um, so all of a sudden the commitment has, has maybe shifted to become a little bit more time consuming, a little bit more costly for the family. Right. Um, 
I believe now if the, if the child is maybe 11, 12 years old or so, you know, the, the goals and, and everything may, may start to shift. So as, as you start putting more money in, trust me, your child knows that. And they know the sacrifice now that you're playing tournaments, it's starting to get serious. You're, you're more serious. Let's say there's wins, there's losses, there's ups, there's downs, there's great times, and there's maybe some disappointments. And at this stage, it could be a little tough for, for a parent that maybe doesn't know how to, how to handle a, a young developing tennis player, especially emotionally. And so at, 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 th- at this stage, does your child need to be having fun? Yes. In their training and their learning. And do they need to be able to enjoy competing? This is very, very important. Yes. They need to love to go out and compete. Um, do they need to, do they need to enjoy being challenged on a daily basis? And, and hopefully they are being challenged. For example, if your child can hit the ball a certain way properly, maybe three times, now the next week, can they do it, say, maybe five times? And mm-hmm. so now you're gauging how, how, how fast your child is learning and developing certain aspects of, 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 their, of their game and, 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 their, and their tennis development. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the parents, the, the, the stresses of, of, of going through the development with, with a junior tennis player now can, can become a little bit can, can become, you know, more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, so during, during this time, you know, to me, there shouldn't be really any, any speaking of the finances because your child already knows when they're going to tennis five days a week and then playing a weekend tournament that, that, that costs money. And so right then and there, the, the child, you know, most likely doesn't want to let the parents down because they're working most likely the, you know, one or both of the parents are working to try to, you know, try to afford tennis. And, and so they're, they're feeling these stresses. So, you know, I've heard, I've heard many parents say, how, how can, how could you do this or that in the tournament? We're paying all this money. How could you play like that? Blah, 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 blah. That, that's, that, that's going to, that's going to destroy their brain basically. So you have to, you have to be very, very cautious of, of, of the information that's, that's, that's being said to, to these, to these young, to these young kids. Um, do they need to be having fun? Yes, that is always number one. Do they need to enjoy competing if if they want to get to higher levels of tennis? Yes, absolutely. They need to enjoy competing, and and um, and also from a from a parental perspective, you need to be looking into the future. So if your child really has a passion to be playing tennis, and maybe they can play college tennis one day, that you need to be looking more into the future and not and not so much short term. A lot of people can get excited that their child is winning matches at a young age and everything. But quite honestly, it it has no impact of what's going to happen when they're 16 to 18 years old. It's all developing. You want to see how well this, 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 this young child can develop emotionally, physically, technically, tactically. I can, I can go on and on about all Mm -hmm. the things that are going to need to be put together. So down the road, they can achieve their goals and dreams, whether it's maybe playing on their, their high school team, college team. There's so many different levels of college. There's so many different levels of professional tennis. So all these things have to be managed. And hopefully the coach that is, that is guiding your child will also help communicate to the parents about how, how to handle all these different 
stresses and excitements and all these different things that are going to happen throughout the course of, of a, of a junior tennis player's development. I want to get back to something you said, which was that the child has to love to compete. And I just read an article that was written by Ty Kwiatkowski, who played at UVA, won the NCAAs, um, both the team championships and individual championship. And Ty talked about that, about that love of competing. I think this is something that many junior players lack. They enjoy playing the game. They enjoy getting out with their friends. They, they may enjoy going to drills. But when it comes down to actual comp- competition, whether it's in a tournament or in a team format or whatever, they freeze up and they really don't enjoy that piece of it. I know I was one of those kids. I, I loved playing tennis. I really stunk at the competition side. Um what do we do with that? If we discover, or let's say our child's coach comes to us and says, Hey, look, your kid's doing great. She's developing her strokes, her tactics, her movement, everything looks really good. But I just am seeing that she is not loving when we start keeping score. How do we handle that as a parent? Well, I, I think, at, I think at that point you have to, you have to be realistic. Um, if if your child really does not love to compete, then they're gonna they're gonna plateau at 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 a, at a certain at a certain level. They may become they may be fantastic in practice where there's no pressure, which which is which is great. Will will they go on to play high level college? No, most likely not. I mean that that's it it, it goes it goes hand in hand. I mean how depends on how driven they are how, how much they love to compete how much they they love to improve um but going back to the to the competing side of things the the, the best the best players that that I was ever around whether it was amateur or professional tennis they they love to compete I still love to compete today it's in my blood I think maybe you either have it or you don't in fact when I look back on when I, when I was playing some of my most important amateur and professional matches, whether I won or I lost them, I really enjoyed being in that moment. I loved being pushed by my opponent. It was very enjoyable. Many times I lost. Hopefully many times I won those matches, but <laughs> I love to be out there. I did. And, and yeah. every player goes through it. You know, right. there, there's, there, there were some really tough moments for me in, in incredibly big matches that, that I lost. Could have been seven, six, and a third after three hours or but but I loved to compete and be pushed by my opponent, and so I think I think it's kind of it's it's kind of in, in in your blood whether you love to do it or you don't. Is it something that can be taught? I mean, you know, I've certainly interviewed my fair share of mental toughness experts and and you know off court coaches and psychologists and and all that is this a, a skill or a, a a love that can be instilled in a child or is it something they're either born with or not I think for example when when when, I, when I'm training you know the, the students that I train Obviously, I'm pushing their buttons, and I understand what may work for this one, what may work for that one, and I'm always looking this, you know, at different angles to 
to maybe get in their head or, you know, get them to maybe achieve something a little bit greater than they thought they could achieve. But am I going to push them so much that they could all of a sudden become a Rafael Nadal competitor? I don't, I don't think so. They're going to resist. And when they start resisting, then, then you have some issues on your hands. You, mm-hmm. you, you then understand that, you know what, they don't enjoy this. They, they, they maybe don't enjoy competing, which there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just very tough to be a very high level tennis player. I mean, that, that, that's just, that's not going to happen. So, well, and I mean, um, interestingly, you know, Nick Kyrgios is kind of the epitome of that, right? You know, we've, we've seen him right. come onto the court and just, it's like he has zero interest in being out there and winning a tennis match on that day. And then we've seen him fight back and win matches that he had no business winning you know, so to me, he's, he's one of those players that <laughs> kind of, you don't, he's, there are two versions of him. And, and I wonder, like, as a parent, you don't want to give up on your child if you see them struggling with the love of competition, right? You don't want to just say, eh, well, she's not a competitor. Let's, let's stick to recreational tennis or let's, you know, move her to something else where, she's not in competition with somebody else. And, and before all of you start sending me emails, I understand that there are many different forms of competition. And, and my daughter and son used to argue over this all the time because my daughter never played a competitive sport, but she says, you know, school was her competition. She was always striving to be the best in her class. And that's how she competed where my son competed on a tennis court. And they're both forms of competition, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Your, your, your children had a passion for two totally different things, which is fantastic. Right. You know, you, 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 you have to, you have to understand what your, what your child has most passion in doing. Um, but it's, it's in, it's in all aspects. Both your children were competing in two different things, but they were competing. They right. had a passion. And, and, and that, that, that's what's going to make you great in anything you do. Sure. And, and another interesting point I just want to bring up is, and I've written about this, that some of the junior players that my son came up with when it came time to make a decision about whether or not to play in college, there were several really skilled players who made the choice not to play college tennis, but rather to go to a school where they probably wouldn't have gotten on the team and then to play at the club level once they got there. And they had, you know, phenomenal experiences or continuing to have phenomenal experiences because he's a senior this year. So many of his buddies are still in school. Um, and so there are ways to stay in the sport without necessarily being a tournament player or being a varsity player in high school or college. Right. I, I, I agree. For for those particular players that, that played that club level in college, I think it's fantastic. But But they're being truthful to themselves as well, that that's what they really want to do. And that's what they have a passion to do, which is fantastic. I think it's great. Um, you know, so that, you know, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. When, when, when someone speaks to me about tennis, because during my whole life from when I was six years old to when I retired from the tour 26 and then started coaching for me, 
the way that I look at tennis because you know I don't really do the recreational side or I'm always looking at you know how good the students can become when 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 I'm working with them and and how we go about doing you know approaching and and, and going through that process is that I'm always thinking of the best that they can become. And mm-hmm. so when, when someone calls me or, 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 or writes an email to me or whatever, I'm basing it on all of my experiences and everything being around the best tennis players in the world and, 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 and some of the best amateurs in the world from when I was a little kid starting tennis at six years old. So for me, sometimes it, it could be a little bit diff- different or a little bit difficult for me to relate to someone who's not trying to achieve those things. So if, if, if a child does not love to compete, I may have trouble, um, you know, de- dealing with, with, with a child who doesn't love to do that because I've always been in a system and around others that do love to compete. So that, that, that's something that I don't know much about. So, you know, that, that's just, you know, kind of, kind of the system that, that, that I run mm-hmm. is that the children that I spend time with all day long, they have these certain attributes and and passions that that I have so that's why it works out well and that's why I enjoy spending my day with these with these select kids on a daily basis sure have you ever had a kid come to you and say you know I don't I don't know what's up like I love coming to work with you every day I love hanging out with the other kids here but when we go to tournaments I'm just miserable I'm unhappy um, I usually that's not the case, but obviously, and, and I'm sure most coaches, if not every coach has dealt with children that may become very, very nervous in tournaments, which is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that they don't love to compete. What, what it means is, is that they, they care a lot and they got it. They have to, you have to help them figure out how that they can kind of break that mold and, and be able to produce their best tennis. So you have to understand how to kind of get in, get into their head and, 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 and teach them how to be focusing on the proper things in a stressful situation, which for, for, which for these kids are, are their tournament atmosphere. There, there are plenty of kids that, that, that practice incredibly well. And I've, and I've had some, and then when they go to tournaments, they're just totally different animals. So then you have to, you know, you have to teach them how to, how to compete. It's not that they don't want to compete and that, and that they don't want to compete at a high level is that there's something that's holding them back. And, and it could be nerves. It could be many different things. It could be pressures from parents. It could be many different things. They could be thinking of college, what kind of scholarship they're going to get, you know, who, who, who knows, but you have to sit down and you have to talk and, and get to know that, that student and, and, and understand how to, how to help them out. So let's segue back to the parents role then. Um, so if, let's say you have a kid like that, that is having trouble at tournaments, but is still showing the passion and wanting to go to tournaments and, and do all those things. What is the role of the parent leading up to the tournament during the tournament? And then once the tournament ends that, that dreaded ride home. <laughs> well, it, 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 it shouldn't be a dreaded ride home. Okay, all, well, let's just, build up to that. Let's talk about the before the tournament <laughs> first. It this it it it's, it should be a hundred percent supportive from the parents. It's 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 to me it's not that complicated. The parents should be su- supporting their children. This is not easy. This is not an easy process, and there's no team. So if your child was screwing up in hockey, 
they would be pulled out of the game because they're having a, a tough moment or a tough game. And, and the next kid would be brought in. Your child, that's not happening. Your child, whether they're having great, a great moment in, in, a, in a match in a tournament or not, they're out there exposing themselves twice a day for could be the weekend or even further than that, depending. Right. So right. Th- it's not easy. Right. That, that, that's number one. There's no team. Right. So it's, it's very easy to rely on others in tennis. That's not happening. So the, the, the parents, to me, they should be very supportive. And but it, it, it also depends on how involved your coach is as well. So are they just giving you lessons and groups or are they really involved in your child's tennis development? Those are those are two totally different things. So. It, it it really depends on the scenario that 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 you're in, but mm-hmm. in terms of well, let's say of, the parent, of, of the parent, let's say the parents taking the child to the tournament, and and they have an involved coach, but this is a tournament where the coach can't go, or maybe the parents have decided financially, you know, they're they're not going to mm-hmm. pay for the coach to be there this week. The the parents are going to go themselves. So, you know, let's assume the best possible scenario. What is the role of the parent leading into the tournament? Do we talk tennis? Do we help our child pack? Do we remind them about, you know, making sure their bag is well stocked and, you know, that they're bringing everything on court with them that they need? At at what point is it too much and we need to back off? At what point, you know, do we need to embrace that role as parent and, and put on our naggy hat. Right. Well, it it probably depends on the maturity and the age of your child. Um, I can, I can tell you that. Let's assume we're still talking about those early teens, those, those middle school years leading up to high school. So 11 to 14, let's say. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, depending on each individual, but I, I want to try to place as much responsibility as, on, on the youngster as possible. So when I see a parent walking, walking out of the tennis facility, carrying their, their child's bag, I kind of cringe. When I see a parent putting sunscreen on their child, I kind of cringe. Um, if, if if a parent is is packing the bags of 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 their of their son or daughter for the tournament, I can understand them helping a little bit, but it's it's their equipment. They're going to go on the court. They're going to win and lose on their own, and they're going to have to face that reality. So, you know, it just it just depends on on the parenting situation. Um, but in in terms of of what the parent's responsibility is, I it. it it really depends on their their background, probably in, in sports and also in tennis. If they don't have any any background in sports or tennis or, or something like that, how I don't know how I, I don't know how they could possibly help their child in in, in getting them through through a tournament. Uh, that that could probably be very very tricky, and uh, the parents really need to choose their words wisely, or else they could. They could kind of fry their child's brain in, 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 at the tournament, right? And it, and I mean, listen, I grew up in the sport, and I fried my son's brain on more than one occasion, just you know, out of frustration, anger, whatever. Um, well, let me let me ask you a specific 
question in terms of during a tournament. What if your child is out there competing and their behavior on the court is not stellar? Uh, Maybe they've broken a racket. Maybe they've let spew some four-letter words. Maybe um, they've made a bad call. What is your role then as the parent? What do you do in the moment and what do you do after the fact? Good. I'm happy you brought this up, Lisa. Oh, good. So here's here's how I would handle handle that situation, and hopefully it's you know you can nip it in the bud at a very young age. I would give them a warning because I've been at junior matches during where the I've match. Had of mine. During during, the, during match? the match, even yeah, though we're we're told we're not kids. supposed to talk to our kids. It's our kids, and they represent you, and they represent the coach, and and everyone involved. And I've been in junior matches too of of students of mine where they're maybe not acting well or doing appropriate things. And I tell them, you do that again, I'm pulling you off the court. That's it. And then you're suspended. Because keep in mind, tennis is a privilege. It's a privilege for these youngsters to be coming out and hitting a tennis ball each and every day. Hopefully each and every day, depending on, you know, what, what, you know, kind of what, what system your child Mm -hmm. is in. But it's a privilege. So if your child is not acting well, then you can give them a warning. And if they continue, you got to, I think you just yank them, take them off the court. It's really sometimes the only way they're going to learn. Right. And let me just state, so there's no confusion over this. If an official hears you or sees you interacting with your child during a tournament match, there is a very good chance your child is going to get coded by the official because it is against the rules to interact. But as a parent, I think what you're saying, Todd, is you have to balance that with the fact that this is your child representing your family and it's a matter of tolerating or not tolerating behaviors that you find unpalatable. 100%. I I agree. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see any other way. And, uh, sometimes kids just, you know, they have to learn the hard way and they have to learn some lessons, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's the growing process. So it's, 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 it's very simple. I mean, when, when, when I didn't act well at a very young age, there were, there were consequences. It could have been running or getting thrown out of the academy and being suspended, whatever it is. But sometimes, you know, you, you have to learn. Look at look at what's going on in in sports today. You have you know players get suspended on college teams, professional teams. They're not acting properly. They're late to practice. They're accountable for their actions. That's called life. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's say that that your child does misbehave, and you've given them a warning, and they clean up their act. What is the role of the parent after the fact? When do you discuss this with your child? And and what's your role as the coach in all of this? Well, the, the role for the parent is I think it's fantastic. They maybe didn't act well or 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 handle a situation well, but but they uh, they didn't continue acting poorly, so they learned. So that's fantastic. And you tell them that after the match, hey, this was good. That uh, you know you, you you didn't you know maybe you threw your racket or you know you said some things that that weren't acceptable or whatever the case shall be but you didn't do it again. So good. You learn. But if you do it again, then there's going to be tougher consequences. Um, 
and, and the role of the coach, I think the coach should, should support that. And the coach may not be happy that, uh, maybe their, their bank account won't be so pretty that the child, you know, gets suspended or whatever the case shall be. But in the long term, if the coach really cares about the child and their development in the long term, it's going to help out greatly. Right. And is it the parent's job or the player's job to fill the coach in on what happened? Um, I would think probably the parents come to the coach first and then the child should come to the coach and then tell them the situation and what had occurred. Okay. Cause I think there's always some confusion over that, you know, like you don't want to overstep your bounds as the parent, but at the same time you want to make sure that the coach understands what went down over the weekend and, right. you know, so yeah, I think it's, it's good to, for you to say that as a coach that you want to hear from us and you want to hear from the player themselves. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Every, everyone, everyone is in this together to me if, if it's done properly. Right. And so when in, in my system, it's, it's so small that I know what's, I know what's going on. So that it's, e- it's easier to manage. Now, if it's a huge system, not, not as easy to manage, I could right. understand. But with what I do, this, these things are, they're all managed and they're all communicated and, and everyone hopefully is on the proper page so that we can help the youngster achieve what they would love to achieve in tennis. Right, right. All right. Well, let's move on to kind of the final years of junior development where maybe they're in ninth or 10th grade now. Um, their technical side of their game is honed pretty well. Now it's about tactics and strategy and really learning how to build points and win matches and college recruiting is possibly part of the thought process right now. We're, you know, concerned about, we're starting to be more concerned about rankings and ratings because that's what the college coaches we think are looking at, even though we know a lot of them really don't pay attention to that. Um, But also, rankings and ratings become important so that our children can get into the tournaments where the coaches are coming to watch. So I don't want any confusion over, you know, when I say ratings and rankings aren't important, I understand that they are in terms of, of making sure that your child gets into a certain level of tournament play where we know the co- the college coaches are there watching. Okay, so the, all of that said, Todd, what is the role of the parent once the child is, let's say, 15 in high school um, and really committed now to this process and, and looking toward college tennis or maybe making that decision to turn pro? The, the the parent is is, is never going to stray away from being in a supportive role. My mother was supporting me emotionally throughout my whole tennis career from six to when I retired at twenty six years old. So they're, they're they're to me they the parent should be supporting their child. Obviously, if they have a great passion for tennis, your child as they go through their teenage years naturally unless they're an absolute superstar where all the doors of 
of all these fantastic colleges in the United States are, are calling and emailing and all those things, they're going to feel stress and pressure. It's just the reality. It's, 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 it's stress and pressure of the unknown of what scholarship they could get, where they could end up in college, what they want to study, where they want to be based on, based in the United States and in, in their college. So it could be a very difficult time for some, for some of these youngsters and especially for some of the, for some of the teenagers that don't have fantastic results and, and, and they're on the clock in, in regards to their tennis development. When, when a child is 16, 18 years old, that's when you really want them rocking and rolling with, with their tennis and peaking so that they have the most opportunity to choose the, the school that they would love to go to and based on scholarship and different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to naturally feel stress and pressure with that. Um, but also it really depends on where they are in their tennis. I've had, I've had the, the basis of my business and how my business actually started was that kids that should have been peaking in these, in these really important years from 16 to 18 years old were not, and they were struggling and their parents were very concerned about where their child could or would end up for college. And it wasn't really where they envisioned where they wanted them to be. So that's how my business started was that I had to spend a lot of time cleaning up many different aspects of, of these, of my, of my clients games Mm -hmm. did. And, 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 and they ended up doing well, but it took a lot of hours to, to break some very tough habits. And, and so that, that, that's very difficult, but that's actually how my little system started. So, um, based on, based on that, when, when a child is 16, 18 years old, the, the, the parent needs to be supportive, but they also need them to be maturing into an adult. And, and so in, 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 during, during those years, they're, they're, they're crucial because your child is going to go off to college. So they need to be a little bit more self-sufficient um, and, and, and start having a lot more responsibilities than, than, they, than they did when they were younger. Right. So specifically, though, what do you mean? I mean, well, what kind of responsibilities? Be, sure. Well, I mean, should ch- children start, start to operate a vehicle? They start to drive. They maybe should be signing up for tournaments. They need to be um, realistically going over what, what colleges that they could potentially go, go to in, in the next year or two. Um, also, based on their tennis game, if, if, if they're trying to fix things or, or, or achieve results, how, how, how are they going to get there? Going back to rankings and ratings, those, those are all a reflection on how well you're training and how well your, your son or daughter is competing. Um, and, 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 and that's what those ratings are about. So they tell you whether your child is hopefully progressing or staying the same, plateauing, hopefully not, or even regressing, which really you never want to happen. Um, so, but as, as, as a child is 16, 18 years old, the, the responsibilities, they should be, they should be getting greater and greater. And, uh, once, once they go off to college, hopefully they can, they can fit in well and, and, and understand how to, how to handle themselves and hand, handle and handle their life. Right. As the parent of three 
kids who have gone to college and had roommates, I will say to the parents listening, at the very least, teach your child how to do their own laundry and teach them how to grocery shop. (laughs) These are really basic things that kids need to know how to do. And I was floored at how many of my kids' roommates over the years didn't even possess those basic skills. Right, right, right. Well, you can make it very easy and just make sure your son or daughter has a bunch of whites so they don't have to do colors and whites, which is what I do in college. (laughs) As much as you can. (laughs) That's funny. All right. Well, so Todd, what else do we tennis parents need to know? I mean, you know, I think coaches have in recent years gotten a lot better about communicating with us about exactly what they, the coach, wants us to do and where our our lines are drawn and, you know, how involved we should be. But I still feel like there's some confusion over exactly how involved, how uninvolved we should be, even in terms of tennis practices. And, and we didn't really touch on that much today. But, you know, what's the parent's role during drills and private lessons? Well, I, I think, I think they need to let the coach do their job. If if they respect that coach and they think that coach can help, help their child get to where they would like to be in their tennis, then there doesn't need to be that much tennis discussion to me that there doesn't need to be. Did you have a great practice today? Yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah. Did you learn and, and improve some skills? Yeah. Okay. So that was great. Fantastic. Right. Right. Sometimes I'm not, I'm not seeing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and these are the discussions I had with my mother. And I remember this. I'm, I'm not that old yet. So I remember the discussions I had with my mother in my teenage years and the important years from 16 to 18 years old. And my mom was working. And, and so she, she wasn't really there watching my, my tennis practices and everything. And, and, and that was the discussion. That was the beginning and the end of the discussion. Hey, Todd, did you work really hard today? Yeah. Did you know? Did did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, great. And then we spoke about something else. In 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 fact, right now I'm in the middle of writing writing an article about tennis. No tennis talk in the house. And this was one of the golden rules when I was growing up with my coach Pierre, who helps me on a daily basis. Was that when you leave the courts, there's no more tennis talk, and 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 there shouldn't be, mm-hmm. right? When when well, the parents that are listening to this, when you when you leave your office and, and, and everything and you go home to your family, right? Hopefully it's kind of the same scenario of there's there's no discussion of what happened in, 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 in the office. It's about the family now. So that 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 was that was very clear cut from, from Pierre was that when you leave the courts, there's no tennis talk. And so in my business I've housed multiple tennis players in my house and when we leave the tennis center we don't talk about tennis. It was left at the tennis center. And so that those are kind of the rules that, 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 that I've lived by with, with tennis. And, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you why it's even more important now than maybe when I was growing up as a tennis player is that obviously the times have changed. And so there are more kids homeschooling now. So more kids are homeschooling. So they're getting more hours on the tennis court. Right. When I went to school, I went to school for 
maybe it was eight hours during the day. I went to tennis. I came home. I ate. I did homework. I went to sleep. So, but times have changed. So kids are spending more time on the court. Could be five hours or so, depending, you know, whatever system they're in. And then they go home and there's more discussion about tennis. To me, you're going to burn your child out and they're going to get fried in the brain. And then maybe their love and passion for tennis could go down. And not only that, is that if the parents are pushing really hard, they could affect their relationship with their son or daughter in the future. And that's something that, that you don't want. Right. You need to enjoy your family and everything when you go home and, and tennis should not be the topic of discussion at the dinner, at the dinner table. It should not. Right. And, uh, and, and to me, that's, that's been a great thing in, in my life as well as the students that have lived with me and everything is that when we get into the house, we don't talk about tennis. And really the only time we ever talk about tennis is if I'm sitting on the couch and, and I'm sitting with one of my students and, and we're watching a tennis match and we'll talk about tennis. But other than that, we left it at the courts. I love it. Great advice, Todd, as always. And I'm just so glad to finally get you back on the podcast after a little hiatus there. Um, okay. loved, loved talking with you about tennis parents and our role in this whole process. And especially hearing your perspective as a coach, I think it's really helpful for parents to understand your needs as the coach and your desires and how we can help support that. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think it's fantastic. As, as I've said all along, everyone is in this together for, for hopefully the, the, the best of, of, of these children. So if you can put many different aspects of tennis and the management and the tournaments and all these different things that go along with tennis then you can really see how great the children can become. But unfortunately, there's there's too many stories about this happened or that happened. And, and some of these things could have been avoided. And maybe the children wouldn't have maybe burned out one day or lost their love for tennis and, and their passion and would have enjoyed the competing in, in tournaments a lot more. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's there's a lot of good communication between the parents and, 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 and the coach and, and, and the child so that they can continue playing the beautiful game of tennis. Love it. Well, thanks again for coming on. And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the Parenting Aces podcast. We'll catch you next week on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.